Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Last week I told you a story about how we was we were branding calves, and uh, this fellow was out there roping, and and, and he was doing a, a a pretty swell job at it. You know, I mean, you show me a cowboy that ain't never missed, and I'll show you a cowboy that ain't never thrown a rope, or haven't thrown many of them. And um, he was out there roping, and he was doing this, and he's doing that. And he reached out and he snagged him a, a, a pretty big calf and he went to dally. And sometimes, I, and, and I'm like Brent, I carry a 60-foot rope too because it takes me 62 and a half feet to get them dallied. And um, so anyway, he goes to the horn and as he goes to the horn, he gets one wrap and he's going for his second, but he kind of pulls his hand up a little bit. I, and I, I'm kind of guessing because that's usually what happens to me, but he kind of pulls his hand up and instead of grabbing hold, it rolls over and falls. Well, the calf is going one way. He's already turned his horse and there is a sound, kind of like Brent said, you, you, you kind of hear these sounds and you don't even have to look to know what's happening. You hear this zzz, and it's called burning flesh. And, and I, I, I kind of heard him, Ugh, you know, and you see cowboys, they start doing, I don't know what this is, but when rope starts running through your hands, it, it, it looks something like this. And so he reaches out and I mean, he throws on two more dallies and he turns and he starts going. And I mean, he's not, he hadn't taken about four steps. He goes, y'all get him, get him, get him. And I mean, he's coming over there like, I didn't really understand that because we probably weren't, we, we weren't using Nord Forks or anything. We were just thinking, we weren't just going to stand there and just allow that calf just to, I mean, we had got everyone that he had drugged. So, but something was up. He was like, y'all get him, get him, get him. And so he got there and one of us grabbed the tail, one of us grabbed the rope. We flanked this calf, we threw him on his side, got him stretched out, got the rope pulled off, and he high lopes it over to the pins and he jumps off. And he goes to hobbling over to his pickup. I was like, well, what in the world? Well, the first thing that I thought of is that he might have, I mean, I've seen cowboys get burned one time. This is a true story. Um, most of mine are true. And... Um, they all have elements of truth to them. But this is true. I was, I was going along one day uh, gathering in, 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 a, in a pasture on the Rocker Bee called Head of the River. And I've got my rope and I'm busting brush trying to get to these cows that are going the wrong way. And all of a sudden my rope, I mean, I've got my loop ready and everything. And I've just dallied. I'm not tied on at this time. And uh, my rope gets caught on this little bitty mesquite bush. It was no bigger around than, than my pinky. And I kind of look back. Now, I'm at a, I'm at a good lope as, as fast as you can go in thick, thick brush. And I look back and I've got, it's kind of coming out of my hand. And I thought, well, I'll just pop it up like that. And so I don't even look back and I pop it up like that and it holds. Well, when I popped it up, I went like this, which allowed about 10 more feet to run through my hand. It's warm when you pee in the saddle. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. There's really not. I don't care what you say. It raised a whelp about this big <laughs> on my hand. So when, when this cowboy, I mean, he's like, y'all get him, get him, get him, get him. And he rides over there, and, and after we flank him, he goes to the pins. He jumps off from there. Everybody's kind of looking around. So cowboy said, well, go get your horse. I, get, I don't know what's the matter with you. So, I, you know, I mean, I'd heard that rope burn through there, and I like 
Man, I hope he didn't cut his thumb off or pinky or something. I mean, they, there's probably people in here. I, I, don't see, I don't see one of them, but I, I know that there's people in here that's had to have thumbs reattached to, am I still on? Test. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sometimes I can't tell because they're going that way. And so I thought maybe he'd cut his thumb off. And so I'm looking over there, and he just, I mean, he's not getting real excited, but he's standing over at his pickup. Well, you know, a couple of 10 minutes goes by, and he comes back over there, and I happened to be kind of standing there as he walked over to, to help out. And I was like, you all right? He goes, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm all right. And I said, well, what happened? He said, nothing. I said, well, you wasn't screaming and hollering at us for nothing. You went over to your truck. And he said, well... He said, did you see me that I lost my dally? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, he said, it got biblical real fast. Now I said, it got biblical. He said, yeah. He said, I nearly had a cowboy circumcision because I dallied my fly into my rope. <laughs> I said, no, you didn't. He said, yes, I did. <laughs> I said, is everything all right? And he said, yep, I checked. <laughs> So when you hear me and Ty and Brent and, you know, Trevor, and, and, I mean, all of us that have been up here, Sean, when we're up here talking about roping and everything, man, you never know what's going to happen because it, it can get biblical really fast. Never heard anybody needing surgery for that, but you, I guess it could happen. So Hebrews chapter 5, and, and, and we're going to be, that's going to come into play in a minute, I promise you. You know, when you're, when you're dally roping, from, from the time that we're this big, uh, those that, that have ra raised their kids on roping and everything, when you, when you start learning to rope and you start learning to dally, there's one thing that your dad or, your, or, or whoever's teaching you, there's one thing that they'll always say, and what is it? Keep your thumb up. Keep your thumb up. Because, I mean, it's, it's usually easy whenever everything's going smooth to keep that thumb up because you want the thumb up because if it's down, it gets caught in there, it's going gonna, it's gonna to literally cut your thumb off. So over and over and over growing up whenever I was learning, keep your thumb up, keep your thumb up, keep your thumb up. And, and you would think that that would sink in, but I guarantee you there's not a cowboy here that hasn't, Rope something, missed their dally, and went to get their slack or something, and done it. And you're like, oh my gosh. And so, most of us have got away with one or two when we probably should have been hurt real bad. But in Hebrews chapter 5, um, the apostle Paul talks about keeping your thumb up. Now, when, 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 you're, when your dad and everybody is saying keep your thumb up, you, you really don't learn that by memorizing it. You, you don't learn it by talking about it, studying it, analyzing it, or dissecting it. You learn by doing it because, I mean, you know, it, it's like over and over and over, keep your thumb up, keep your thumb up, keep your thumb up. And then you go out there and the first time things get a little hairy, you realize that you did it the wrong way and you're like, oh my gosh. So it just takes practice. I mean, you, you'll never learn to keep your thumb up unless you do it. You'll make some mistakes, but hopefully you won't lose your thumb. But Paul in Hebrews chapter 5, 13 and 14, he also talks about keeping your thumb up, believe it or not. This is what he says. He says, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now, I know a lot of you is like, I didn't hear him say keep your thumb up whatsoever in those two Bible verses. 
But, but here, here's the deal. He says, who by constant use. So what he's saying is, but solid food is for the mature Christian. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Just like that cowboy that had, a, had an accident dallying, and just like some cowboys that's had their thumbs cut off, a lot of people might say, well, are they a good cowboy? You know, a good cowboy wouldn't do that. You know what? That makes, that, that just kind of irks me. It's kind of one of my soapboxes is when somebody says a good cowboy. All right. I mean, there, there's no really such thing as, as a good or bad cowboy. Now, there are mature cowboys and cowboys that are learning. Same with Christianity. I hate somebody who says, well, that fellow's a good Christian. There are no good Christians. There are mature Christians, and then there's Christians that are still learning. There are some Christians that are just starting their walk. But don't ever think that you're a bad Christian because of anything, because there's no distinction. You're either a Christian or you're not. And God, you've heard me say this, and I'm saying it for the benefit of those people that it might be their first time. God did not come to make, send his son to make bad people good. See, most people have this preconceived notion that Christianity is about being a good person. It's not. It has nothing to do with trying to be a good person. It has to do with being a faithful person and relying on somebody else for your needs other than yourself. It's about God doing something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves and us putting the faith in that. So God did not send his son to make bad people good. God came and in human form through his son to make dead people alive, okay? And, and remember that. And, and Paul is sitting here and he's talking about being mature. He said, anyone who lives on milk still being an infant is not acquainting with the teachings about righteousness. And, and that's being right with God about knowing what to do. And he says, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use... A mature Christian eats solid food, and this is done by putting what he has heard into practice by constant use. Just like, you know, whenever you hear the, the, your dad, you know, you've heard it your whole life. Keep your thumb up, keep your thumb up, keep your thumb up. But you will never learn that until you put it into practice. And, and that's what Paul is saying here. He says, um, you've you got to walk the walk. You can't just listen to it. You can't just memorize it. You can't just talk about it. You can't just study it. You can't just analyze it. You can't just dissect it to see if you believe that or not. You have to do what the Bible says and put it into use. And if you're not, you're not a bad Christian. You're an infant Christian. You're, you're just not doing, and, and, and I've been there, and, and we've all got room to grow. But Paul is telling us, man, you've got to, Listen to what's been said and then put it into constant use because, but solid food is for the mature. I have a wire. I think I got under my armpit somehow. I, don't, I ain't never worn a bra, but I, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking this is what it's like. I don't know that for sure, but... I'm going to hear about that one. <laughs> oh, well. So anyway, Paul is talking about being a mature Christian. 
You've got to walk the walk. He says, you know, they've moved from coiling up the rope and learning how to swing. Now they're roping calves. I mean, you've you got, you got to take what you've heard and put it into use. And Paul's saying that that's a sign of maturity whenever you read the Bible and you listen to what God has to say and you put it into use, not just occasional use. What's the word that was said in there? Constant use. Now, these things don't make them better Christians. It just makes them mature, not in what they say, but by how they live their lives. Putting what you've heard into constant use. Because, I mean, I, I know a lot of people that know what the Bible says, and then they get in a wreck, and they're like, well, I don't know why that happened. Well, you didn't do what God said. Well, I mean, I, I thought he'd still love me. Absolutely, he'll still love you. But if you do things differently than the way God says, don't come whining whenever you get yourself in a wreck. When, and, and most of the time, these wrecks, when you don't keep your thumb up, I mean, you can have some blisters, you can, you can have a, 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 a biblical procedure. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen, and most of them are not good. we got to do what God says, just like Paul says, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. There's a right way and a wrong way to do things. Paul says mature Christians have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil by applying what they've learned. I mean, that, that's basically what I've been trying to say. You know, if, you, if you've worked down on the Bijou very much, there are some places in there that you can die. I don't know what it is, but down there in the bottom, man, there's like some super-duper quicksand and stuff like that. And the number one rule that I've been taught in the two different outfits I've worked on down there is cross the Bijou where the cattle cross the Bijou. Okay. And, and I, I, I talked to a buddy of mine that just moved up here not long ago, and he figured out that that is absolutely the truth. I mean, he said he was going along, and the water looked about that deep, and suddenly his horse disappeared. I mean, he, he showed me a picture of it. I mean, his horse was mud from the, from the chin down. I mean, you can absolutely disappear. So whenever you're going along there, you don't look for a good place that looks like a good place to cross. You find a cow trail where the cows have crossed, and you cross right there. Cross where the cattle do, not what looks good to you. If you just cross anywhere, you'll get bogged down. And you know what? That, that's what, uh, same thing biblically. God has laid out the right way to cross these dangerous places in our lives. He said, man, this is a safe place right here. This is where I crossed, and if I crossed and I did it this way, then I want you to do it that way. But most people think, well, being a Christian is just no fun. God doesn't want me to have fun. It has nothing to do with fun or not. He doesn't want you to get bogged down. But in the cowboy term of Christianity, a lot of us are walking or riding out there on the bijou, and, and we go to cross right there, and we see our buddies, we see our families, we see our loved ones, we see some friends, we see some strangers, and they're absolutely bogged down in life because they didn't do things the way God told them to do it. And then when you ask them, well, didn't, didn't you know that that's not what you're supposed to do? Well, well, yeah, but I wonder how many people got bogged down because of some yeah buts. You know what I mean? Those yeah buts just will... will will totally get you off track. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, man, do away with the yabbits. Many cross through life at places that look good, but not where Jesus crossed. Paul is telling us in Hebrews chapter 5, he's like, man, if you want to be a mature Christian, if you want to stay upright, if you want to stay safe, if you want to stay sound, you want to be 
thought of as mature and get somewhere and not get bogged down. You got to do things the way he says to do them. It's the only safe way. Now that doesn't mean that you can't cross somewhere and make it one time. Maybe two times. Maybe three times. Maybe even a dozen times. But you know what will happen eventually? You'll cross and somebody's going to get hurt. And then people got to go pull you out. And then you're all covered in mud and it's, just, it's a wreck. The second thing, turn, turn with me to, uh, to Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to drink out of this nice cup while y'all are doing that. Where I grew up, because of the brush and, and all of that, I grew up tied on. Now, what tied on, what, when you hear people, just for those that, that, that haven't been around this culture very much, um, dallying is most of the time you have mule hide or, or rubber around your saddle horn, and you just take the rope whenever you rope something, you wrap it around a couple of times, and that holds the gritter. But whenever you're tied on, you take a chain link or something like that, and you put it over your saddle horn, and there's no dallying. You just rope, and then you can let go, and, and the wreck starts. That's how I like to, to picture it. it, it it's, a, it's a controlled wreck at nearly every single time. But um, one time we were, we were out there and, and we went to get this one cow and she was mad. And we had to get everything out of this pasture. We were cleaning it and all the cowboys were together. One had found that he'd hollered at everybody else. We'd spread word. We all got there and this thing was on the fight. Now she wasn't a real big cow. It doesn't matter. When they get on the fight, it's, it's mean. And so to make a long story short, she's brushed up in this little group of mesquite bushes and she's looking at my partner out there and everybody, and she's, you know, she kind of run at them and then back up into the brush again. Well, I was on my horse and I thought, you know what? I'm kind of at a, if she was pointed at 12 o'clock, I was like at seven o'clock. And I thought, you know what I can do? I got my rope handy. When she's paying attention, I can ride my horse through there throw my loop on there and I'm tied on and I'll drag her out. Let me tell you something. Sometimes our ideas aren't as good as they seem. And especially when you're with other cowboys that go, yeah, that sounds great, man, do that. <laughs> and so I did. And so I got ready and I was tied on and I thought, you know, we'll just get out there. And I roped her. I threw the, and I, well, I didn't really have to rope her. I just threw it on her head and pulled it tight. And I kind of loped off. Well, she come up the rope at me, and before it was all said and done, I was on the ground, and my horse was not very pleased with me, and we was in a nine-line wreck. I mean, some other cowboys had to come in there. By the time it was all said and done, there was like six ropes on her. She's choked down. She's hot. We nearly killed her, and that was because of a bad decision on my part. But the point is, is that when you're tied on and you rope something and you take hold of it when you're tied on it's taking hold of you too paul talks about that in philippians 3 10 through 15 <laughs> whenever i whenever i got out there uh someone says now what are you going to do and i said i don't know i'm still talking to god about it that was about the time i hit the ground paul says in philippians 3 10 through 15 he says i want to know christ and that's what we're talking about today is maturing not getting better, maturing. I mean, some of you seen, uh, seen my, my, my wiener dog. I got him here today. It's the first time I brought him to church. He's born November 1st. And he has reached the magical age where the preacher no longer thinks it's okay for him to run around and act like an idiot. So he's in training today. And he's not in training because he's in trouble. It's time for him to grow up a little bit and start minding me. Not just listening, 
but minding me. And the, the, the test of minding is when they don't want to. And the same thing goes with us. Paul says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of the resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him. That's the goal. That is maturity, is when you become like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but here it is right here. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. He said, you know what? In this situation, I want to be tied onto Christ. I want him on one end. I want me on the other end. And I don't want anything to let us go. Let us go. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Press on toward the goal and to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul once again shows us that a mature, what a mature cowboy does. He wants to know Christ and become like him. Right there in the very beginning. I want to know Christ becoming like him. He wants to be tied on to Jesus. Paul says the one thing he does to keep himself tied on to Christ so he can become like him. Did you catch it? He says, but one thing I do. But one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Think about that. Do you do what the Bible says right there? Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Baby Christians tend to do just the opposite of that. When, when, when he talks about the, the, the Christians that, that need milk, that haven't progressed to solid food, they don't forget what is behind and press on towards what is coming up. They tend to do just the opposite. Baby Christians tend to remember what is behind and dread what is coming up. I mean, think about that. Paul even said that he looks forward to his death. Now, how many of us in our prime at 23, how many of us in our prime are looking forward to death? I, I just don't know that there's that many of us. But meaning Jesus, that's something different. We got to forget what is behind. In other words... How about you let that thing go? You know that thing that's been bugging you? That thing that happened way back when that you kind of beat yourself up over? Maybe it happened this morning. Maybe it happened yesterday. Maybe it happened 25 years ago. But whatever it is, you've got to forget what is behind and move on looking forward to the future. Mature Christians forget about the past and look forward to meeting Jesus. Does that characterize you? And, and, and it's not, it's not saying, this isn't a, a message about salvation, of being saved and going to, going to heaven. We are saved by our faith in what Jesus Christ did for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. But this is about maturing. This is about getting out of the bogs of life. This is about moving forward, forgetting what is in the past, and, and getting where God wants us to be. This is about our purpose. We all need to do some maturing. And the third thing that we're going to talk about is in Colossians chapter 4. You know, when you work on a ranch, the boss doesn't always tell you what to do. You have to watch what he does, where he goes, and know what he's trying to accomplish, and then fill in and make a hand. I mean, I, I was out uh, with, with a group of guys not too long ago, and, and the boss was, was pairing some, uh, some cattle up. And, and what pairing up means is you've got a big old group of cattle, and you try to find the mama with the right baby. 
Okay, now, now they've got ear tags on and sometimes the rancher will, will put the mama's tag on the ear tag, but that's not always the case. But you got to let them mill around and they'll go to mooing and on and, and all that. And, and then they'll start going together and maybe you'll see the calf starting to nurse or something. But we had to put some different cattle in different pastures. And so you got to make sure when you put the cow in there that her calf goes with it. So we're all sitting around and, and the boss, he never says anything. Okay, so he's riding out there and he'll start following a couple of cows. Well, he's not going to say, okay, everybody, I want you to listen up. I am trying to pull out calf XYZ with the mama XYZA. So does everybody see this cow and this calf and know what we're trying to accomplish? He's not going to say a word. He's just going to start following that calf and he expects you to pay attention to what he's doing, to see what he's doing, and follow what he's doing. He, he's not going to give you some detailed explanation. Sometimes we'd like him to, especially when you're sorting. <laughs> Working a sorting gate, whether you're horseback or not, is one of the... If you ever go to a place, stay away from the sorting gate. Because the boss is always, he's going to tell you to let a cow buy or put it in. And he's always, it's going to sound just like this. Whew. That means buy or end, you don't know. And you will get it wrong 99% of the time. My gosh, I said buy! Well, it sounded like end. Why didn't say end? Pay attention. You're going to get it wrong. But you just got to pay attention. And, 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 and that's, what, that's what Paul says in Colossians 4.12. He says, I don't know what that word says. It's like a paphras or something. Don't name your kid a paphras, okay? Some people like to name their kid biblical names. Name it something like David, not a paphras. Paul's talking about this fella. We're going to call him Epi. Epi, who is one of you and a servant of Christ, sends greetings. Paul says, this fella is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. It's the last thing we're going to talk about, about maturing in Christ, being a rope in the hand of God, because God's not going to use Somebody that's immature, that's just going to run off and get bogged down. And, and, and I'm not saying that this is the case, but we're all in training for what God wants to use us for. And we've got to mature before we do that. And the only way to do it is to do what he says the way he says to do it. To, to get rid of the milk and start eating some solid food of putting what the Bible says into constant use. The mark of a mature Christian is being able to stand firm. That, that's what it says. Epi is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in the will of God. That's what we need to do uh, of what God wants us to do the way he wants us to do it. That is being in the will of God. Paul says he's praying that you may stand firm in the will of God mature and fully assured. Now, what is fully uh, assured means? It means confident. To know that you can be at that sorting gate and that God, that, that you, you know what he's trying to do. I mean, sometimes it's, it's not that hard, especially when you're letting bulls buy and putting cows in. You kind of need to know the difference. And if you don't know that difference, come talk to me and we'll talk about some things. Okay? But just like in Christianity, man, there's those things that, that we should know what we should do. That, that was the first thing that we talked about. When he says, uh, where was it? In Hebrews 5.14, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. That's knowing what's right and what's wrong. Of doing things the way God says to do it. Show me a cowboy that is unwilling to grow 
and put what he's learned into practice, and I'll show you someone that just wants to talk about being a cowboy. And I ain't talking about just putting a hat on. I, I, and I don't care if you've never worn a cowboy hat in your life. If you want to get out there and learn, get horseback, make a hand on the ground, it doesn't matter. Man, as long as you're pressing on and giving it your all and doing something instead of just talking about it, you're a cowboy in my book. But the same goes for Christianity. Show me a Christian that does nothing except talk about Christianity, and I'll show you someone that knows how to talk the talk but not walk the walk. They will know us by what we do, not by what we say. Are we doing that? It's for your own good. It's for my own good. I got tired of getting bogged down in life because it seems like every trail I took just led to nothing. Getting myself in a wreck. Is that you? Did it used to be you? Is it you right now? This isn't a game, people. It's not a game for me. I, I love God, and I love staying out of the wrecks. Life is hard enough without making a mistake that can be avoided. We should all strive to be maturing Christians, but like Paul said, not that I've already attained all of this. Think about that. Not that I've already attained, obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal. Think about that. None of us are there. None of us are done. We've all got room to grow, but the, but the point is, let's start growing. Let's start maturing. Let's quit making those dumb little mistakes. As a matter of fact, let's just quit talking about it. Let's start doing something, doing the things that God says. Not just talking about loving people. How about do love people? How about stop and get, you know, talk to somebody on the side of the road that looks like they're down and out or help somebody out with a flat tire. When I first moved up here, I stopped just outside of Franktown. There's a lady that was sitting there, had a flat tire. So I pulled the truck around and I went up there and I said, you need some help? She goes, I can't get a hold of my husband or my son and I got a flat tire and I don't know how. I was like, that's okay, I'll do it for you, ma'am. So I got everything out. She had one of those jacks that wouldn't jack up my bicycle. <laughs> I hate those things. And so anyway, I finally got her little Explorer hooked up and she was sitting there talking to me and Christy stayed in the car or the truck. And so she walks over there to Christy and she goes, I sure appreciate you lending me your husband. And Christy said, sure, no problem. She goes, well, where are you from? She said, where, you know, I'm from Texas. She goes, well, where's he from? She goes, he's from Texas too. And she goes, you don't talk like he does. <laughs> are we just talking the talk or are we walking the walk? That's the point. Get into your Bibles, people. Start doing what it says. You're all going to be faced with a choice. Either right now, well, you're, I'm fixing to offer you a choice. You're going to be offered a choice right now, but you're going to be offered other choices in the future. You're going to be able to choose to go your own way or go God's way. And I promise you, your way is going to look a lot better. You think that it's going to be a shortcut. You think that your way is going to make you happy. You think that just because other people made it across the bijou right there, that you can make it across. But eventually, you're going to get bogged down. Start doing things the way God tells you to do them, the way he says to do it. Know what he says and do what he says. Be a mature Christian. Can you imagine what would happen? We've probably got about 150 to 200 people in here today. You know what the kind of impact we could make on our communities? And we got more than that watching on the internet and thousands listening on the radio. You know what would happen if all of us would start doing what God said the way he said to do it? Change the world. And you know who it starts with? Me. But the answer is the same. Starts with you. It's our combined effort. The choice I'm giving you today is this. You want to go your own way, you want to start doing things the way God says. The choice is yours. It's the greatest gift besides his son that he gave us was free will. He's not going to make you do it. But I promise you, do things the way he says do them and you'll be better off. Let's go to God in prayer. God, I thank you for your message today. God, help us just to do things the way you said to do. And if we don't know, 
Go look it up or go ask somebody. Ask, ask somebody that, that has matured and has been there and done that. Ask them maybe what we should be doing. And God, just let us take hold of you. And be a rope in your hand to be used. Be used for good things and not just for sitting around looking pretty. God, we thank you so much for sending your son to do everything that we couldn't do on our own so that we could live like nobody else. God, if we want to live like nobody else, we've got to live like nobody else. Give us the courage to do that. It's in your name we pray. Amen.